This episode is brought to you by the Five Day Money Challenge. Get your stuff together with money and increase your confidence in just five days. Save your seat at WhitneyHanson.com slash money challenge and join in on the fun. Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds Podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. Hey there, let's talk a little bit about goal setting and what we can do to make sure that we are achieving our goals, we're striving for more, and we're constantly improving our lives. So a few days ago, I was having a really good conversation with my mom. And we started talking about all the things that we wanted to accomplish in 2021 and a little bit of a reflection on 2020. And it really led to a lot of realizations for me that I'm definitely going to dive into, dive into, I'm going to dive into that. (laughs) So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about some of the mistakes we make when we first set goals. And then ultimately I'll share with you a system into how we can set better goals. Sound good? Let's do this. Now, I often see so many of us make the same exact mistakes when it comes to setting goals. We go wrong in a lot of different ways, but ultimately one of the ways that we go wrong is we let our limiting beliefs control what we think is possible. Now, this is an area of my life that I've done a lot of work around, and one of the podcasts that helped me most with this is the Life Coach School podcast. This is with Brooke Castillo, and one of the the teachings or the the trainings, I should say, that I really interpreted and resonated deeply with is being able to separate your feelings from the facts and not putting your feelings into something all the time. So I think for breaking through limiting beliefs, that was one of the greatest things that I've ever discovered. But it was really interesting. I asked you guys on Instagram and I said, hey, just let me know what are some of the reasons that you don't accomplish your big goals? And so many of these came down to a few common themes, lack of discipline, fear of failure, distraction, or being really, really busy. Maybe you have kids, you've got careers, you're trying to balance a lot of things. And then the other one that came up quite a bit was overwhelm. There was a lot of overwhelm of where do I actually start? Now, to be fair, I think all of these are very valid reasons on sometimes what holds us back. I I don't want to discredit those at all. But at the end of the day, a lot of times we tell ourselves these stories that hold us back when realistically, we could just have a better system in place and separate our facts from the feelings and accomplish some really cool things. So one of the ways that we go wrong, as I just talked about, is limiting beliefs. We let those really get into our own heads. The next way that we go wrong when it comes to goal setting is playing small. This is something I started to notice that I was doing in my own life. And here's how I knew this. So this past year, I purchased my first piece of property. I can't do much with it. I'm snowed out until June-ish, but it was something that I've always wanted to do. Now, when I looked at my financial life on paper, not really that much has changed between now and the, the previous year. So why didn't I purchase property sooner? A lot of it came down to I was playing small. I was waiting until I was ready. I wasn't pushing myself out of my comfort zone. And that's one of the things that really hit me where I was like, wow, I could have been more resourceful and I could have still achieved this goal and probably been making money even sooner. But I was playing small. I was letting my fear 
all of my excuses really hold me back. And more than anything, I was waiting until I was ready. And ready is a lie. You are never going to feel ready to accomplish your big goals. It's always going to feel scary. And honestly, if you're feeling too comfortable, that's a sign that you've waited too long. You need to be pushing yourself out of your comfort zone a lot sooner and stop playing small. Your life is way too important for you to play small. The next way we go wrong with goal setting is not prioritizing. You guys hit the nail on the head with this. When I was reading through your responses of why you haven't accomplished some of your big goals, a lot of it did come down to lack of prioritization. Now, sometimes I think we see this stuff and we think that if we're not doing it, therefore it's not a priority. And that must be interpreted as we don't want the goal that much. And I don't think that's the case. I think you, if it's in your heart, I think you want that goal. I really do. And I think the thing that stops us sometimes is just not having a good prioritization structure. Now, the next area that we go wrong when it comes to goal setting is our goals list looks more like a to-do list, and that is super uninspiring. So when you're looking at your goals list, if it is all maintenance tasks, and it's not something where when you look back on your, your goals and accomplishments, you're going to feel super proud of yourself, but more than anything, if it's not propelling you forward, it is not a goal necessarily worth pursuing heavily. Now, I'm not saying never work on fun goals. I think fun goals are so important and things that challenge you creatively are also super important. But at the end of the day, if all you are doing is working on to-do list kind of goals, you're not really progressing forward, which leads me to my next thing. Now, recently I had a conversation with my mom. This is the one I was alluding to, and we had a really deep conversation. She's in a really interesting situation where she's kind of in a career transition. She has some bigger dreams for her career. She has a lot of things that she wants to accomplish. And when we were talking about everything that she had accomplished in the previous year, it was something that she did didn't, she felt really accomplished on paper. She did a lot of house remodel projects, that kind of stuff. But ultimately there wasn't any substance there. Like, yes, she accomplished some cool things and it was really fun for her. But one of her areas of focus that she's been talking about for years is health and career. And none of the goals that she accomplished really pushed her forward in that area. And that is what I call distraction goals. A distraction goal is simply a goal that you set that gives you this artificial sense of accomplishment when realistically, you probably would have accomplished that no matter what. So when I was thinking through that for my own life, this previous year, I repainted the outside of my house. I wouldn't call that a goal. It was more of a maintenance task. The other thing that I started to do was taking on some additional creative projects when it came to flipping furniture. Now, I think that's awesome, but ultimately that did not propel my life forward exponentially or really set me off into a new trajectory. It was cool. I enjoyed it. But if I focused on only the goals that really did fulfill me in the moment, I would have no substance to push me forward on a new path. I hope that makes sense. But I see a lot of people really focus on those distraction goals instead of just sitting down and doing the shit that we don't want to do. The stuff that we know we need to, we need to work on our health. We really hate our job, but we need to get out of that job. Sometimes it's really scary to focus on those goals. So we do other ways of self-soothing that still gives us that artificial sense of accomplishment because you still did in fact accomplish something, but you're not accomplishing things in the right area. Now, in the business world, there's a huge difference between working on your business and working in your business. And I think this is true for our lives too. But working 
on your business means that you're taking a step back, you're taking a bigger role in that, and you're starting to really do the things that move the needle, the move the needle tasks in your business, the things that generate more revenue, the things that generate more impact. Those are the things that most businesses want to prioritize. However, a lot of times we get so bogged down with checking our email or posting on social media or whatever the heck is taking away your attention from working on those bigger move the needle tasks. Now, That is exactly how I feel distraction goals are for our lives. It's great. You're accomplishing something. You're being productive, but you're not working on the tasks and the goals that truly do propel your life forward. So that's the question I want you to ask yourself is, are you working on your life or in your life? And I think that's a huge differentiator. So hopefully that helps give you a little bit of clarity there too. Now, the next way that we go wrong when it comes to goal settings is we think we have more time. This has been, this year has actually wrapped up really in not a great way for my family. So we had a health scare. My sister is still in the hospital. I'm trying to figure out what exactly is going on with her, but essentially she has super, super high blood pressure and they can't figure out the underlying cause. So it's a really big issue. And so we're just um, hoping and praying that everything's okay there. But anytime that stuff comes up, it's always such a good reminder that life is freaking short, man. It is so, so short. Now, I don't think my sister's dying. So I think we're okay. And I think we're in the clear there. But it's still that reminder that you think you have time. You think you have all the time in the world, but really we don't. We don't know how long we're going to be on this earth. And I think when you start to remember that, it's really easy to put aside some of the excuses and the things that we tell ourselves and focus on the stuff that actually matters. What do you really want to accomplish? What's your legacy? How do you want people to remember you? What do you want to leave behind for your loved ones? That kind of stuff matters so much. And all the pettiness and more of those feelings, that's the stuff that gets in the way. And so I think for anybody, it's really easy to take a step back and just say, you know, I know I think I have a lot of time, but I really don't know because tomorrow is not promised to me. So I'm going to do everything in my power to live my life to the fullest today. And I'm going to set goals that actually mean something to me and that I give a shit about. And that's what I'm going to work on. And only those things that really truly matter to me. We don't have time to shy away from your greatness. Whatever you want to accomplish, you can do it. Not all at the same time, but you can accomplish some incredible things if you really focus and put your mind to it. And so I want you just to remember that you don't have as much time as you think. Life is really short, man. It's so, so short. So I hope that that really stirs something in you. I know it's a little bit of like stoicism to think that way, but it really impacts me. Anytime I start to think about my life and I start to get caught up in like just the crappiness and the day-to-day emotions and that kind of stuff, I always step back and say, you know, Whitney, life is short. If this is your last day, is this how you want to remember it? And it usually does enough for me to start to get me back on track. Now, I know a lot of people don't like to think about death and dying and that kind of stuff. But again, from like a stoic point of view, that really motivates the crap out of me, it personally. So find something that motivates you. But ultimately, I think where we go wrong with goal setting is we just think we have more time than we actually do. And time is so fleeting, my friend. It's so, so fleeting. So with all of that being said, how do we start to take control of our goals and how do we start to work on stuff that matters and actually moves the needle? Remember, we only want to be working on our life and not necessarily in our life for every area. So when we're doing that, I find that there's a couple different ways to set meaningful goals. Step one of any good plan. I mean, any good plan. It could be health. It can be finance. It can be relationships. It can be 
whatever the heck it is, your career. But step one of any good plan is a strong vision. You've got to have a strong vision. This is the hardest part for people because this is where that overwhelm comes in. That overwhelm that you said, oh my gosh, I have such a hard time prioritizing which goal to focus on. It comes down to that vision. If your vision is not clear, if it's not so concrete that when you close your eyes, you can picture yourself living that life, you need to go back to the drawing board and you need to revisit that and say, how can I make this more concrete, more exciting, and more importantly, more of my own dream? Sometimes we inherit other people's dreams or we take on other people's dreams that don't mean much to us. And we try to fit that into our life and can't figure out why we aren't inspired. It's because it's not your dream. And so going back to that drawing board and getting very, very clear on what the heck you actually want is so critical. That clarity is key. Now, here's what I personally like to do. If I find that I'm having a really hard time visualizing what I actually want my life to look like, sometimes that's really tough. And when you're in a funk, even visualizing what do I want next week to look like can feel very overwhelming. So here's what I think is helpful. Think through the past three to five years of the goals that you set. Every single year, have you said, I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to pay off debt or this is the year I will finally buy my first investment property. Whatever that goal is that's been on your list for three to five years that you still haven't accomplished, pick one of those, just one, because ultimately those things are important to you. If it keeps coming up year after year that this is a priority for you, or this is something that is really interesting to you that you want to accomplish, but you're not accomplishing, it means it means something to you. And so I would really lean into that. So just pick one thing to focus on for a little bit. Now, step two, once you have that focus, you have that clarity, you can close your eyes, you can picture exactly the result that you hope to get. You can imagine what your life would look like. And I want you to dream as big as possible there. Don't let your self-limiting beliefs step in and, and really sabotage your dream. Dream as big as you want. And when those feelings come up, just tell them, go sit down. I can hear you. You're not making decisions right now. Thank you for your input. You're not in the driver's seat. Shut that shit down as quickly as you possibly can, because that will stop you from dreaming if you allow yourself to get in your own head. So start to get that very, very strong vision. Clarity is key. Now, once you have that vision in front of you, then it's time to create your plan. Here's what I'm a big believer in. I used to set year long goals. So I would set the traditional goals every single New Year's and I would say, I want to do this, 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 this. And it was basically a big running to do list. It was very mostly uninspired with things that I probably would have done regardless. I probably would have traveled no matter what. I probably would have redid my house or redecorated my kitchen or whatever the heck it might have been. That's stuff that I was going to do regardless. So putting that as a focus is not really something I should be doing. So instead, what I do is I embrace 12-week goals. This has been everything to me. So the reason why I'm such a fan of 12-week goals is because they actually work. It condenses the amount of time that you have, and it creates a sense of scarcity, where instead of thinking through a one-year, in one year, it's easy to think, I have plenty of time to just get this accomplished. If it doesn't happen in this first month, it's not a big deal, but I have plenty of time. And remember, that's a myth. We don't have that much time. We think we have time, and that is the problem. So when you start to think through 12-week increments, essentially three months, it really does make you start to think differently. Instead of saying, I'm going to lose 30 pounds by the end of the year, what if instead you said, I'm going to lose five pounds within 12 weeks or 10 pounds within 12 weeks? 
Think about how different your actions have to be when you're looking at a very short-term perspective. When you're looking at short-term perspectives, you're working on stuff that actually matters. There's no shooting the shit. There's no like, oh, I'll just, you know, do a little warm up on the treadmill for a month. You're getting down to business so quickly because you recognize that 12 weeks is kind of a short amount of time. It's enough to accomplish something, but it's not so much that you have time to screw around. And that's why it's so important. There's a lot of different ways to view the 12 week programs. I've read a book called the 12 week year. This is by Brian Morin. It's a really, really great book. I highly, highly recommend it. And then Todd Herman also has a phenomenal system called the 90 day year. It's basically the same type of stuff. It's the same philosophies, but here is a quote from the 12 week year that I thought was really interesting. It says, the farther you plan into the future, the less predictability you have. With long-term plans, assumptions are stacked upon earlier assumptions, which are stacked upon even earlier assumptions. The reality is that it is very difficult, if not impossible, to determine what your daily actions should be 11 or 12 months into the future. I could not agree more with that. I think about so many times where I planned something for an entire year and I got a month and a half in and realized that my plan was garbage and I had to scrap it because it was no longer working. So the beautiful thing about 12 weeks is that it gives you enough time to get that excitement, that energy, and that vision again to really dive into something and accomplish some great things instead of waiting till the end of the year and saying what the heck happened. It really creates a great structure. So here's how you might approach this. You start with a very specific 12-week outcome goal. What is the outcome goal? So an outcome goal is something that is incredibly specific and measurable and gives you that very time bound thing. It's very tangible. It could be losing 10 pounds. It could be earning $5,000 per month off of your Etsy side hustle. Maybe you're a financial coach and you want to have 10 financial clients within 12 weeks. It's a very clear goal that when you look at it, you can say, yes, this was achieved or no, this was not achieved. So that very clear outcome goal is the key. So once you have that set, my apologies, if you could hear Shiloh scratching in the background, she never comes into my office. And then when she does, she decides she needs to scratch when I'm recording a podcast episode. That's how this always goes for me. But regardless, when you set that clear outcome goal, then the next step is to say, okay, 12 weeks is not that long. What can I do? What's a mini little goal that I can work on that's going to support this bigger picture goal? I have to do these things. So set your two-week goal. And then from that two-week goal that supports your 12-week goal, your outcome goal, then you can set some daily tasks that are going to help you achieve this. Okay, so let's put some actual numbers to this and break this down as if this was an actual goal. So let's say your bigger picture goal is you want to be debt-free. That's like your vision when you close your eyes, you see your life having an abundance of money, you see your life not having, every time you get your paycheck, you don't have to immediately just write checks to other debtors. You control that money. You have that feeling of peace. If that is your vision, your vision is to be debt-free. How do we make that happen? Let's say you're looking at your debts and you have a $10,000 credit card that you really want to pay off in one year. Now, remember, we're going to look at this in 12-week increments. So if we are focusing on that, how do we chunk that goal down into a very tangible amount? So maybe instead what we do is we say, I'm going to spend the next three months and I'm going to pay off $5,000 of this $10,000 credit card. 
So $5,000 of this credit card is going to be gone in 12 weeks. That's my goal. So if that's your outcome-based goal, we can start to look at that a little bit differently. So if we wanted to put this into a two-week goal, then maybe what we would say, I need to pay $833 over the next two weeks. Over the next two weeks, I have to come up with $833. So when you see that, then you can start to look at your budget. Does your budget allow you to have an extra $833 over the next two weeks? Maybe, maybe not. Probably not. For a lot of people that are in debt, that's a little bit unrealistic. But instead, you can look at it from a different lens. What daily steps do I need to take in order to either earn or save an additional $833 over two weeks? So now you can start to say, what daily actions can I take to get to that point? So maybe it's through side hustling. Let's take $833, divide that by 14 days, 14 days and two weeks. That's $59.50. So $60 per day is what you either have to cut from your budget, find somehow in your income or side hustle to get. So I think when you start to break it down into very, very small steps of, hey, I have to earn 60 bucks extra per day in some way, it starts to help you fathom like, oh, this is what it's going to take for me to accomplish this goal. It is so incredibly powerful. I think it's very useful for weight loss. It's very useful for relationship goals. And it's very, very impactful for business goals. So this strategy is so critical. Now, here's the cool piece. Every single week, you get to check in with yourself and you get to do a little recap to see how's my goal going? Did I actually hit the $833 yet? Or am I very off course? Do I need to step up and try something differently? When you start to see two-week increments to support your 12-week goal, it allows you to make decisions in real-time basis and look through and say, hey, this isn't working, I'm gonna adjust. Instead of just wishing and banking on the end of the year, this 12-month whole journey that I'm going to reflect on my goals in December of next year and hope to God that I accomplish them. This is a much more strategic and intentional way. The other cool thing is it gives you that power of focus. Notice I said to pick one singular focus for the next 12 weeks, one singular goal. Think about it this way. Maybe one goal is all you need per area of your life. You could accomplish four really big goals over the course of the next year if you use this methodology and you start to get very, very intentional. So how does this help you? It prevents you from having that prioritization fatigue of like, which one do I work on? Which one should I be focusing on? It gives you a laser clear plan of what you need to do to accomplish your goals. It also gives you the discipline because we're taking that one 12 week goal, breaking it into daily action plans. It makes it so much more tangible for you to see exactly what you have to do to accomplish your goals. And then it also gives you that point of pause where you can say, hey, this is actually a little bit more aggressive than I thought. In order for me to accomplish this, it's going to take a lot more work or a lot more money or a lot less time with my family than I initially anticipated. And the beautiful thing is you control your goals. So you can then adjust and find a timeline or find a dollar amount or an outcome-based goal that works better for where you are and where you want to head. 
It's a really, really beautiful system. The other thing that came up when I was asking you guys what stops you from accomplishing your goals, a lot of it came down to time management. Time management is one of my favorite things in the whole world because I think it's so incredibly easy to say we don't have time when really that's not true. We have plenty of time. We just choose to fill it with other priorities and that's okay too. So instead of saying, I don't have time, just tell yourself, this is not a priority for me right now, or it's not something that I'm focusing on. And that's okay. Remember, it's your life. You call the shots. You are the boss of your own life, but don't let yourself fall into that trap of saying, I don't have time. I don't have time. Don't is such a It's a very discouraging word. It's not very empowering. So instead of saying can't, just change that to won't. I, instead of saying I can't go to the gym, it's I won't go to the gym. I can't spend more time with my family. It's I won't spend more time with my family. And of course, be delicate with that stuff because I know that language can seem a little bit harsh as well, but get very, very clear with yourself and take back that control. But because I know that time management is such a difficult area for so many people, I wanted to really break down a system that I use to manage my own time. And it works so freaking well, you guys. It is seriously one of the greatest things I've ever done for myself. I know I've talked about this again before too, but it's going to be linked in the show notes. It's an entire blog post around how I manage my time on a weekly and daily basis. It's so, so helpful. But let me give you the gist of it. I use the 12-week system for my own personal life to accomplish goals. So it's exactly what I do. And what I'll do is I will start to look through all of those two week goals, And then I will look at my daily goals that support my two week goals, which support my 12 week goals. Hopefully that makes sense, right? Everything I'm working on is always working on that 12 week goal, bigger picture. So when I'm starting to look at that kind of stuff, I will Google calendar the heck out of my life. It looks a little extreme when you look at my calendar. It actually looks very overwhelming, but it's incredibly freeing. It's intense, but it's freeing because this is my time. And I recognize that time is the only thing that I don't get more of. And again, time is not promised to me either. So because I recognize that, I want to honor every single day instead of just blowing through days. Now, let me be clear. I do have days where I do just like binge on Netflix, super, super normal. But as a whole, that's not the way I want to live my life. That's not my legacy. I don't want my legacy to be I wasted away watching Jane the Virgin on Netflix. Like cool, fun in the moment, but not very productive for what I want for my life and for my bigger picture vision. So when it comes to that, I block off every single thing. I block off lunch. I block off working out time. I block off email time. I block off my daily tasks that support my two-week goals that support my 12-week goals. I block off literally everything. If I have to go pick somebody up from school, one of my siblings, I will block that off. I will put anything I need to on my calendar because it is that important to me. Now, the other thing too is when you're looking through what to add to your calendar, it's very important that when you add something to your calendar, it's very much an outcome-based activity. So I will never write, write a blog post, write blog posts. I will say, write and publish two blog posts or write and publish one blog post. It's very specific. So I can see, did I meet that goal? Did I not? Do I need to revisit that activity or what's going on there? But it makes it a lot more tangible. So that entire blog post that lists out exactly how I manage my time is going to be linked in the show notes again. So make sure you go check it out there. Or if it's easier, you can just go to WhitneyHanson.com and type in time management or productivity, and it will show up for you. It's an article on there. 
All right, we've covered a lot of ground around goal setting. The important pieces that I want you to take away from this is number one, make sure that you are not having distraction goals. Be careful of distraction goals. Yes, you're accomplishing something, but it's not moving your life forward in a way that's very meaningful necessarily. The second thing I want you to remember is getting that strong vision. You have to have a very, very strong vision where you can close your eyes and you can see your life in front of you. If you have it and you have that level of detail and clarity, you're probably going to be okay. The next piece is I want you to embrace 12-week goals instead of one-year goals. It's so much easier to manage. It's so much easier to monitor, and it's a lot easier for you to stay on track and make sure you're progressing. The third big takeaway is making sure that you're using your time effectively. Manage your time, put that crap on your calendar, cherish every single day that you have, because again, your life is way too important for you to not have a plan for your future. You deserve it, your family deserves it, and the legacy you live behind, it's it really does matter. And all of this comes down to your daily actions. So when you're thinking through your goals this year, I hope that you revisit this episode a few times and start to implement a different system. I can honestly say that this system is completely changed my life and has made me accomplish some really, really incredible things over the course of the past two years. And I hope it will for you too. Thank you so much for listening in. I hope you have an awesome new year's and I will see you for another episode of the money nerds podcast. Bye.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.